Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Life Words Part 2, this is uh, being taken out of Proverbs, and I'm going to start in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. I'm going to spend about five minutes recapping what I talked about last week. This is not a long series, again, just a, a two-week deal, but... Uh, last week, just re- quick, quick, quick recap. If you didn't get to listen to it, please go back and listen to the podcast and check that out so you can catch up with us where we're at. But I'm going to just give you a brief recap. Proverbs 18 and verse 21 says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Man, it's a powerful little instrument. We had Laugh a little time of laughing about that last week. Many of our greatest memories are built around words, and often our most painful memories in life are also are also built around words. Words. So here's what I want you to see today: that if we can simply change some of the words in our life, it revolutionizes part of your life, and it revolutionizes the church because. It changes how we talk to one another, how we treat one another, and how we speak because we have the ability to speak life. I have the ability right now to walk up to any member of this church and speak life to you, but also have that ability with that same tongue to speak death. And we as Christians want to speak life, life, because he's a God of a life and more abundant life. So God's words give life, and in the same way we as Christians, because we are created in the image of God, Solomon says our words have the power of life too. So just like God can speak life into you, we as Christians can speak life into other people's lives. So there was something about Jesus' words that made him completely different than everyone else. And I I know exactly what it was, and I, I let the cat out of the bag last week. And that is this. This is, this is the secret of what made Jesus' words different than anybody else. And we know that it was different because it said there was no man that spoke like Jesus spoke. And so we find that in John chapter 1 and verse 17. Uh, and it says, the word was full of grace and truth. Just a few verses from where we find this grace and truth in verse 14 that's on here over in our baptistry. And so we find that his words was full of grace and truth, John 1.17 says. So we find that what made Jesus, what made his words different than any other man is that it was, it had, it was full of truth and it was full of grace full of truth and grace. And so I, I talked to you last week about three characteristics of life-giving words. And the first one, first thing that we talked about is true words. Life-giving words begin with truth, but sometimes the truth is painful. He, with, he spoke with truth and grace and truth, so there, there's truth in there. There's true words, but sometimes speaking Truth is painful, and we talked about that in depth last week, but yet it's still so much need to speak true words. 
but true words without lacing it with the next part is graceful words. Because true words alone, sometimes we can't handle the straight up true words that we hear, even though they're needed. It's part of what we do as Christians, but equally we use graceful words. He was full of grace and truth. He spoke with grace and truth. So we speak with true words, but we use grace in doing so because our words are aimed to bring healing. Every word that comes out of our mouth has got to aim to bring some form of healing. The opposite of that is that you speak in a way that breaks the spirit of a man. And that is not God's will. That's not God's will. And often you can say things to someone that are true, but the effects of your words are not healing, but breaking. And we talked about that. The Bible calls this cursing our brothers. And we talked about the fact that there's a difference between cursing and cussing. And a lot of people in the church would never cuss, but they curse against their brother. We talked about all that stuff. Curse means you condemn them or you cut them down. Which brings me to where I'm at now. This is where we stopped, left off last week. I'm going to finish up this graceful words, and then we're going to go into the third uh, thing that brings life in our words. So our, our goal is speaking always ought to be to restore and to heal. We mentioned that. And whenever you say something negative, uh, here, here's, here's a question to ask yourself if you're taking notes. Whenever you ask, whenever you say something negative, ask this question to yourself. Is that about making me feel good or putting that person in their place? Big, big, big question to ask yourself. And you're not going to remember it unless you write it down. And you need this, I promise you, because that little thing in your mouth gets you in trouble, whether you realize it or not. And here is an acid test for you, okay? This is, I talked to you last week about some acid tests you could do for yourself. This is an acid test. When you are speaking wounded words for the right reason, it never feels good to you. Never. So when you're speaking... Speaking wounded words for the right reasons, I got to tell you, it never feels good. In other words, you're saying something true and it's painful, it needs to be said, but if you're doing it for the right reason, it's not going to feel good to you. If you leave a conversation and say, man, I busted them and I felt good about it, you had the wrong motive. And that's why you can always understand and give an acid test on it. Right if, if you left there feeling good because you busted them, you didn't say it for the right reason. It's a good acid test, isn't it? You say, well, I'm, that's real good, but I'm probably a little bit of both. And that's probably where we find ourselves a lot of times. Part of me wants to, to help them out, and part of me wants to pay them back. And so what we need to do in that moment is to pray <laughs> and keep your mouth shut until the retribution impulse is gone. Until you walk away from that, I'm going to get back at them with this. 
when you can step back all of that and you can speak with honest and love, and even though it cuts, cuts deep because it's true, you walk out of there, man, and you're hurting. And I gave the example last week of if you said something about your kids and you was negative and you had to tell somebody else about something negative, there would probably be tears dripping from your face. Because even though you were saying something true, you loved them so deep that tears, they didn't feel good to say it. Makes a lot of sense, right? And so you can judge your words based on that. The last thing I want to talk to you about tonight is encouraging words. Encouraging words. So I want to kind of slow down a little bit here and talk to you about this third, third part of this message. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 22 says this, These words are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. People, that is wisdom right there. These words, these words, the word of God, words that speak from your mouth that have these things full of grace and full of truth. These words are life to those who find them and healing to all of their flesh. God's words are words that give life. They're not just true. They give life to people. They give life to you. Let me give you an example. And this is so good. In the Bible, there was 12 spies. And we find that in Numbers chapter 13, verse 32. And I'm going to read this for you. There's 12 spies. And they go out. And they're to give a report of what they see. This is before the children of Israel. They're wanting to conquer the promised land. And they send the 12 spies out. And this is where the story picks up. So they brought to the people of Israel. Look, look at this. I've, I've never seen this quite like this. They brought to the people of Israel an evil report about the land they had spied out. Now, every one of us has probably read that scripture. You get that. I get that. You and I get that. But here's the catcher and what I'm trying to tell you. Here's the thing that makes this scripture so unique. Everything they said, watch this, watch this, was true. I've never seen that before. Every, we've always said they came, gave an evil report, we just leave it at that. Man, they're 12 bad guys. Or, or not all of them were 12 bad guys. Some of them brought a good report. But, but we all, all looked at just, man, they're just horrible, horrible people that brought back this evil report. But the report they brought, oh, this is so good, people. They brought back a report that was completely true. Everything they said was true. Yet God called the report in Numbers 13 an evil report. Listen to this closely. Because the spies did not report from the perspective of what God wanted to do in the situation. Oh my goodness, hold on to that. They didn't speak with any form of faith of what God wanted to do. They spoke truth, but it wasn't laced with grace and encouragement. And he called it an evil report. Oh man, that's good. Sometimes, let's put, make this relative. Sometimes we can speak words that are true but are still considered evil. 
because they are not done from the perspective of what God wants to do in someone else's life. Oh, man, give the Lord some love right there, man. I'm telling you, that's good stuff. And he calls it an evil report. Well, it was true. Yeah, it may have been true. Well, everything comes to my mind, I say it, and I say the truth. Yeah, we get it. We get it. But there's a reason why you have no friends. Because everybody else is saying it's an evil report. I'm helping you right now. Helping us all. Thus, when we speak our words, they have to give life. They have to encourage people. Let's break this down a little bit. In, in, courage. In, I broke it down up there on the screen for you, couraging words. What do you hear in that, in that, in that word? You have to have courage to speak encouraging words. You have to see the giants, understand it's true that there's giants in the land, and I feel this, and step back in the situation and say, there's giants in the land, but I want to give you an encouraging word. God is for us and not against us. We can take the giants. And Joshua and Caleb saw the giants also, but they came back and said, yeah, what they said is true, but I'm going to tell you what, that we've got a God who's greater than the giants. And their word was an encouraging word. Somebody said, amen. amen. But you've got to have courage. You've got to speak it with courage. I'm going to say this, you've got to speak it with faith. What around you right in your life, right now, and I feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm saying tonight. Right now in your life, look around you right now in your life and say, what can I start speaking life-giving words into that, I, that, that when I look at the situation, it doesn't even sound true to speak those words. I see the reality, but I also have a faith, a God faith in me that looks at the truth, owns the truth, but speaks a word of encouragement and faith in the middle of the process. Listen to this, listen to this. Martin Luther said what I'm about to say. Martin Luther said this. He said the most amazing thing about God was the way, the way he redefined reality with words. Oh, that's a powerful statement. Good job, Martin Luther. That's good stuff. What he's saying is, is, is God looked into chaos. He looked into chaos, chaos of our sin and declared us righteous in Christ, wait a minute, before you were righteous in Christ. He spoke it into existence. He saw the truth in it that you were born into sin, but he called it out of you to speak into something greater than what you can even speak into yourself. He begins to speak into you, and by speaking those words, coupled with our belief in them, he totally reconstructed our reality. In other words, others might tell me I'm a failure. They might look and say I'm a sinner. They might look and say I'm an idiot. They may look and say incompetent. They may look and say pathetic. And these words have a certain power in them to start forming who I am and for other people to start forming 
what they think about me. And all of a sudden, the devil creeps in and starts whispering in my ear. But all of a sudden, the power of life-giving words and God's words in our life, God, if we allow him, speaks louder than the words that are being spoken in my ear, and his word is more powerful than what's being spoken to me by the enemy. Because sometimes you will look at the enemy's voice in your life and say, well, that's kind of true. This is what I, that's what I am. I am pathetic. I'm a liar. I'm, I'm this. I'm that. I'm what. And then, but you've got you've to calm and shut down the voice that's speaking to you. Even though he's playing the true card, you've got to speak, let God speak into you with a power of encouragement word and faith in you that calls out something that you don't even see in yourself, and that is life-giving words. You may call me a liar, and you speak truth, for I have lied. But if God declares me righteous, then my lies and your insults are not the final word, nor the most powerful word in my life. I have peace in my soul because God's word is my new reality. The words of my enemies, external and internal, might be powerful for a moment. It, it rattles all of us like a firework going off in our soul. And it, and it booms and it makes a lot of noise and it sends off a flash of light. But God sees in the darkness and despair of our situation and speaks a word of hope and renewal into it. And his word is stronger and brighter and it'll last forever. It's not an instant flash in the pan, but it's something that's going to last in you. But you've got to let the word radiate in your life. Why do you read the Bible? Why do you have devotion? Why do you walk in here a couple times a week and listen to the spoken word? Because the word has the ability to form you and make you into something that you're not. All of truth may say this about you. Others may say things about you, but God stands up and says, listen, son, you've got to hear life and the words of positive life, giving words spoke over to you for you to understand something that you are even not. Right now, you're not even that, but I'm speaking something into you and calling it out of you. I'm calling life out of you. And for me to speak like God and I want to speak, how many of y'all want to speak like God? You, come on, you're not being crazy there. You want to speak like, you're a Christian. You're, 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 you're just a chip off the block. Christian, Christian, has, has Christ up in there, up in that word. You're a chip off the block. You want to speak like Christ. You want people to say, there's nobody speaks quite like them. There, there's something different about you. And for me to speak like that means that I help. People, listen to this, see what God sees and believes about them. I call out something. I'm a follower of Christ. And I look, I see the despair. I see the situation. But the Christ's words flow out of us as Christians, and our calling is to see something they don't see and call it out of them. It's not just a God thing, but it's God's ordained anointing that he places upon you to use his words to do the same thing. 
to call those things out. And this, my friends, is called the gift of encouragement. Do you have that gift? The gift of encouragement. Everybody likes to be around an encourager. Somebody that walks in and speaks something that they don't see and calls out just like God would. God gives you this, this ability to speak and call it out of them. Man, I want to I wanna, I wanna step more into that. How about you? Anybody want to lift your hand and, and say, Lord, let it be, let it be, let it be in my life. I want to speak that. I want to speak that over my wife, and I want Adina to speak that over me, and I want to speak that over Kirk, and I want to speak. I want to speak that over the people in this church. I want to. I want to. I want to speak it to a sinner when they walk in the room, and they're 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 a harlot, or they're broken, they're a liar, or they're a cheat, and they're they're in the sin. Like like every weekend, people step in this room. I want to look at them, and not just me as a pastor, but I want you, the church. That's why I'm saying this can change the church if we get a hold of it and look at them. And when you see them, if it's the first time you've ever met them, you can tell you've just got this God thing given to you that you can see they're in some form of brokenness. Life has put edge, edges all in their face. And the, the, the way of the transgressor is hard, the Bible says. And you can see it all over them. And you don't have to be a genius or have to fast for 40 days to walk up and be an encourager and do what Jesus would do in their life and look at them and say, later, 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 let me tell you, I know you had the husband that you're with, you're not even married to, and you've had a few of them. But I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I want to speak life to you at this well. I want to speak a word to you at this well. That you, I want you to leave here that you'll never thirst again. I didn't mean to be so preachy, but I feel the anointing of the Lord speaking to us tonight. Grab hold of it in the name of the Lord. And so I do that. I, I literally speak courage. That's what I want to speak courage into someone's life by helping them to see what God wants them to do and I want to speak it in a way that they believe it. I don't want to speak an evil report. Other people may say you're a failure. You're worthless. You're guilty. I want to say Romans chapter 8 verse 29 through 30. No, 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 no. You are a chosen. You have a purpose. And God wants to make you more than a conqueror. We know all that other stuff. We know all that other junk. That's all the mess we're living with. I want somebody to speak life into me. Amen? Other people may say we're in despair. No, 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 no. Future, our future is secure. I want to say like Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19, the God I serve is Jehovah Jireh, and he has promised to supply all my needs according to his riches. In Christ Jesus. Hear that? No wonder he spoke different than anybody else. Other people may say, oh, she lived a loose lifestyle. She's secondhand. She's damages, damaged goods now. I want to say 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 17. I want to say you are a new creation. You are washed in Jesus' blood. You're filled with his power. Don't let the devil push you down, squash you down, and tell you a bunch of junk. You stand up and give life to everybody around you. I, 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 can I just tell you, you want to be a standout at work? All of you people work and do an amazing job. People in this church are just hardworking, good, solid, awesome Christian people. You want to stand out at your work. You want to look different than everybody else? Encourage somebody. No, 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 I'm just encouraging them. You want Jesus just to like flood out? 
Just start encouraging people. Well, I don't know. I'm kind of shy. Oh, you love it when people encourage you. Turn it around. Come out of it. Start praying. God, give me some boldness to just say something nice over somebody's life and be a word. What if just tomorrow, just tomorrow, you stepped into the environment that you are in and you speak life? What if you, Mom, when you, that, that works from home and that ch- children walk in the door? I know it's summer or whatever, but they're, they're, they walk in that door and, 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 and they've heard negative, 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 negative and every movie and every this and every song, so many songs. And, and you just say, be different. You be a Christ follower, a God speaker, a God anointed person. And that over that son, over that daughter, you speak a life-giving words. You call it out. Of them. Other people might just say you're ordinary and nothing spectacular about you. Spectacular about you. I want to say Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. You are God's workmanship, created especially for Christ, especially in Christ Jesus, precisely for the good works He wants you to do in His kingdom. Folks, that's life giving words. That's like anybody can do that. You notice, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm running out of time, but I want to I I put a, a statement on screen here tonight. And it says this, we assume others' strengths and notice their weaknesses. We assume others' strengths and notice their weaknesses. And that's why we have such a struggle speaking life-giving words. Because we assume they're all of this. When I look at... Uh, Brother Carr back there, I look, I see strengths in him. I see this strong man, business owner, started businesses. I mean, I see all of these things, and I assume his strengths, but I notice your weaknesses. Why can't I just do just the opposite of that? Why can't I train myself to do this? Why can't I do just the opposite of that? And it's on the next screen for you, and that is this. Let's assume others' weaknesses and notice their strengths. Let me look at the car and say, every man's got his weaknesses. I can expect that. But I want to notice their strengths. Sounds little, but when you turn it around like that, you start picking up and speaking life-giving words because you're not focusing on all the negative. You're focusing, this person is worthy to have life spoken over them. So, one of our primary roles as the body of Christ is to be an encourager and, 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 and is to see the traces of God's handiwork in someone's life. To look for the traces. To look what God's doing in their life. To see their traces of what God's doing, and no matter, no matter how faint the traces may be, and I, I'm just being honest with you, I've been around some people that it's real faint. Can, can I be honest? I mean, it, it just seems real faint. But I look for something to see the evidence of God's handiwork in someone. And when I find it, when I find it, man, I get my hat off and I start fanning the flame. I start fanning the flame. It's looking for someone's needs. It's looking for someone's, uh, something they need, something that brings a smile to their face. And man, start fanning that. 
because that's what God's tracing them. It's going to bring them out. It's going to encourage them, and they're going to feel Christ in me, the hope of glory. Fan that flame, man. Fan that, fan that, fan that. So when you see God work in someone's life, no matter how faintly, commend it. Bring it out of them. Call it out of their life. See people through the lens of what God wants to do in them and speak words of faith and life into them. I'm going to put this next statement on the screen for you. Look, and it, it's, it's so powerful. I wish you'd snapshot of it or something because snapshot it on the screen or write it down or something. Please put that up for me. Listen, listen to this. I want you to see the crown that God has placed above someone's head and help them believe their way into it. Hello? That's so powerful. I'm trusting you that you're writing this down or something. See the crown that God has placed above someone's head and help them believe their way into it. That is encouraging words. That is life words in people's life. Well, I want to be careful. I don't want to speak too positively to someone and commend them, to, commend them too much because I don't want them to get the big head and I want to guard their pride. I'm going to just say something real crude, just a minute. Bull. And you know that's not the right answer. You're just having a tough time mustering up and saying something really positive about someone else. It's not about them. It's, it's not about them, boy, well, I'm just scared they're going to get too big-headed. If you're saying that, you don't understand humanity. Because people, majority of people, have this spot in their life where they're suffering from some kind of despair. Because you're human, and you need a positive word spoken over you in that area to lift you. And God gave you the word. God gave you something. He gave you the encouragement. Don't hold back for anything. Speak that into their life. Be someone who speaks true, speaks it with grace, and gives an encouraging word. And that is life words that would change everyone. Would you stand with me? Boy, we did a lot in a little bit of time, didn't we? We gave you a, 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 a few hour Bible study in a few minutes. I'm, I'm going to give you, <clears throat> I'm going to give you a, um, a challenge. Who's up for a challenge? Oh, that was pitiful. <laughs> pitiful, pitiful, pitiful. All right, what I'm going to do is I'm not going to make you do, you know, get out of your seat, go find five people and say something kind to and challenge. No, 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 this is going to be hidden, hidden from our view. So if you don't stay up for the challenge, we're not going to know about it. So I'm asking you just to challenge yourself, okay? Challenge yourself. This is what I want you to do. It's a seven-day challenge, and, and you're going to have to write it on your, you know, to remember it, you're going to have to write it on your phone. You have to put it on your reminders that every morning it throws it up for seven days. Everybody say seven. Yeah. It's God's perfect number. Hallelujah. All right, seven-day challenge. And this is what I want you to do. Everything Positive, that's the key thing right there. 
Everything positive that you think about someone else, you jot it down or you email them, you call them, you walk up to them. Somehow you pass that word on to them. Is that cool? Come on, people. Is that good? Yeah. Come on. I mean, if you, go, you, you know, you take a challenge, you're like, Rah! and I'm hearing, Rah. all right? Who will take the challenge with me? Rah! Oh, man, that's what I'm talking about. All right, so you're taking the challenge. So everything positive that comes through your mind. Now, for all the single men, single ladies, that doesn't mean like you go, oh, you're hot. You know, and I don't mean all that. I, I'm, I'm talking about these positive words speak life, okay? I want you, I want you, if it crosses your mind and it's positive, I want you to write in, think of some way, text them, put it on Facebook, I don't, do something, okay? And, and get that word to them. So, if you're going to take the challenge with me, I'm going to take it with you. I want you to lift your right hand, solemnly swear, no. I want you to lift your right hand and say, I take the challenge. Now, if that happens, we have, what, I don't know how many people are in here. They're going to give. You're going to quadruple the power. Listen to this. You're going to quadruple the power of Jesus Christ. I mean, you're going to, I mean, the words, the positive words of Christ are just going to flood this area. I'm telling you. Because when I speak something positive over Billy, Man, it fires Billy up, and he's like, man, I'm going to pay somebody else that too. And I'm going to give it, and it passes, and it, by Sunday, by Sunday, you're going to be running the aisles or something. I don't know. I'm making that up, and just, we don't even hardly have aisles to run. But anyway, y'all are going, what is that? Okay, that's, there you go. Hey, so y'all take the challenge? Huh? One more time. Rah, rah, all right, all right, all right. Okay, so this is what I want you to do. I want you to take that challenge. I want it to be life-giving words, truth, grace, encouraging words, and let's be like Jesus and speak those words with authority and power. Now, I'm going to pray over you, and we're going to pray life-giving words, and then when we get through this, we're going to go down. If you came in late, we're letting out a little early so we can all go down the student center because last Wednesday night, Michael Scobie preached a life-giving word and 13 students lined up to be baptized, okay? So we're going to all go down there and watch these students be baptized. Is there anybody in this room, your, your son or daughter is being baptized? Anybody? Look, look, look here. Woo, that's awesome. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So the word went forth. Life-giving word went forth. And these kids are being baptized. Father, we love you tonight. Thank you for what you're doing in this church. Lord, that's just revival, what we're seeing. And I just love it, God. And we ask that you would continue to, to let this spirit that we have right here in this room. God, we're having fun with this tonight. We're growing in this tonight. We were given life-giving words to your word tonight. And we want to go and put this in everyone else that we meet. And for seven days, we want to just see how this makes us feel and makes other people feel. Lord, let it speak out of us life-giving words in Jesus' name. Those that are super shy, God, give them boldness. Give them, give them boldness to, to somehow speak out the words, and whether it's in written form, whatever, accept this challenge and bring life change as someone by speaking positive words over them.
speak life words. No words death of death, but life words. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church say amen.